Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Uncensored CMO. Now, it's a very special episode, this one. It is number 50. And what better way to celebrate the Uncensored CMO and the importance of creativity than being here live at Cannes Lions. Now, in this episode, I am really pleased to be joined by three legends of the effectiveness scene, none other than Karen Nelson-Field, Peter Field, and Orlando Wood. They are here in Cannes to talk about triple jeopardy, the three big threats to creative effectiveness that we should all be paying attention to. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, attention is one of those three things. I join them fresh off the stage to find out how it went and also what we should be paying attention to and what we need to do as an industry to make work that works and make creative more effective than it currently is. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is Uncensored CMO with Karen Nelson-Field, Orlando Wood and Peter Field. Karen Nelson-Field, welcome. Thank you for having me. Orlando Wood. Hello, John. And Mr. Peter Field. Lovely to be back. I, I wonder how to describe you. The three musketeers, the <laughs> rose between two thorns. Oh, yes. <laughs> or the most sustainable lineup I've ever come across. Two fields and a wood. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But look, we're live here in Cannes with a beautiful view outside. And you've just stepped off the stage presenting Triple Jeopardy. Well, yeah. how did it go? We think it went well. Yeah, well, we, we had enough trouble leaving it. the stage area. Everyone was pinned down by questions. So, uh, Well, I think it was the first one of the set of the whole week as well. Well, I think everyone was pretty excited. But Somebody did say it was the best so far. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. We'll take that, won't we? Well, it's what a good a way, compliment. What a way to kick it off. It's fantastic <laughs> to kick off the Festival of Creativity, of course, talking about what works, which is brilliant. Maybe, Peter, if I can come to you, you've got a bit of history with Cannes, haven't you? So uh, It's yeah. not the first time you've come yeah. and dropped a few truth bombs well, my, on my, the uh, I, I, palais. Indeed. No, I've, I've been here quite a few times, and my story has got gradually more bleak as the years go by. So the first time I came here, I talked a very, very positive, optimistic message of how creativity and effectiveness were wonderfully linked and then my data started to show that it was just progressively losing its shine. My last visit here was a much less optimistic and cheerful visit because I warned the industry basically that we were killing the value of creativity but I couldn't really put my finger on why it was you know I talked about short-termism but I didn't then have the benefit of Karen's learning and Orlando's learning to kind of flesh it out I just said we're killing it we've got to do something and the enthusiasm for inviting me back I think vanished. Well I'm impressed you got back so this is through the back door so so what is it going on is, is it we're prioritizing short-term activation over brand building is it the the mix of channels we're now using what, what is it that's causing this change in creative so we, we've we've called this triple jeopardy because we think you know there are kind of three manifestations important manifestations one of this is money being siphoned out of you know long-term brand building demand generation into short-term sales activation so that is a drain on the ability of advertising to build mental availability which is the start point of all of this you know we have to acknowledge mental availability works it drives long-term growth and if we're not building it we are basically undermining that so that's our start point so yes the fact that some money is being siphoned out is is a problem but you need karen's media look particularly on new digital platforms and orlando's creative view of the problem to really explain why this obsession with what i increasingly call performance things Think is a problem because it's manifesting itself in, in lots of ways how we spend our money where we spend our money and what we spend our money on and they're all 
they're all tripping each other up. Yeah. And, you know, and the picture is pretty bleak, so we need to... Well, it's handy, of course, we've got Karen and Orlando here to, to try and complete the picture for us. Before I move on, actually, talk to Karen a little bit, that I was struck by the twin peaks, if I may describe it, in your in your presentation. You know, for many years, the relationship between extra share of voice and, and brand growth was looking very healthy, wasn't it? And then something changed, and it's almost like it's kind of gone in reverse. Can you just sort of describe that that trend? I mean, obviously, it's audio, but can you describe the, no, what you're seeing in the data? Absolutely. I mean, one of the benefits of IPA data is we've got trend data. I mean, could go back 40 years, but mostly I just look at the digital era. And it's in the trend data that the interesting stories kind of emerge. And so what we see is a consistent picture across lots of metrics of a rising era, probably the first five, six, seven years of the millennium, when marketing science, the work of Ehrenberg Bass and Karen's former colleagues there, were all helping us get more out of our advertising dollars. But there comes, there came a point when, you know, kind of lots of things happened, to be fair. It wasn't just the explosive growth growth of performance marketing. But the global financial crisis changed a lot of outlook. Everyone became much more short-term focused. But everything suddenly went into reverse. So we've seen declines in the relationship between investment measures, share of voice and growth, and the strength of that you know, relationship, which used to be rock solid. You know, When John Philip Jones was looking at it, it's no longer rock solid because the money isn't chasing effectiveness in the way it once did. And we also see, you know, the data also tells a worrying story about how creativity was also rising in effectiveness up to this critical point, the other twin peak, and then suddenly it went into reverse about the same time. So there's clearly lots of shit going on out there, and I use the word advisedly, but it's all kind of coincides with roughly this, this, this point. Now, I, I don't want to try and trump your bleakness here, but, you know, the IPA data is based on you know, award-winning work, right? So, so you're so you're basing your data on work that's been submitted for effectiveness from the best brands doing the best activity. So, w- what conclusion would you draw then for for what's happening in the world beyond that? Well, it's it's likely to be a rosy picture that I'm painting, and it, as as you know, John, it's not that rosy. You know, I don't okay, do rosy. more rosy than yeah. rosy. I think, you know, um, but I mean, I suspect what we have yeah. seen though is 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 you know a kind of flattening of so the difference between the greats, the kind. Of campaigns that end up in awards schemes like you know the IPA awards and the FIs, probably the difference between the greats and the mediocre is probably lessened quite a lot. But but I am still presenting the best of the best, and so if they ain't looking good, you can probably be fairly certain that things aren't any rosy. Okay, so let's try and build it up from here, maybe. And ideal times bring Karen in, of course. So you know we talk about the medium and the message very often, and how important media is. So what do you think is going wrong at the moment? So it's an easy one for me because, you know, I, I I look at Pete's slides and I think, well, that's quite interesting because that's around the time we started to what I call measure inward versus measure outward. And what I mean by that is, you know, the minute performance marketing came on, we started to rely on, you know, device data or metadata that we assumed was similar to that of humans. And in fact, we know in our own data that that's not the case. So, so there's a couple of things that I think are deteriorating these relationships that he speak of. And one is that we, we now rely on data coming out that says, oh, yes, you know, an ad has been seen for 15 seconds or let's not even be that optimistic. Let's just say 10. But the reality is someone is actually switching between active attention and non-attention or active attention, passive attention 10 times within that 10 seconds. So when that happens, it's not sustained and undivided attention. And what then when that happens, essentially the human is actually not getting the message that 
like the advertisers think that they're getting. So what we talk about is in this concept of inequitable impression. So if your competitor is spending $10 million, you're spending $10 million, but you happen to be spending, you know, your $10 million on platforms and formats that drive more switching behavior or less attention in other words, then your $10 million will have holes in it. And therefore, no wonder your the relationship is failing because, you know, any sort of concept or model or econometric modeling or anything like that if it hasn't got equitable impressions as the baseline it will fail so I often talk about you know this issue I'm unfortunately not so rosy either this issue is not is there's a lot of flow on effects beyond what I kind of you know I guess work with a lot which is about reach planning or trading but it's also about these models that people use to build creative strategies you know pricing or um, budgeting and things like that so so when we started to look at our data together was really interesting because the time scale is is similar and then the second piece to that is people don't really realize marketers have the wrong concept of how much attention people are paying Marketers still to this day think, you know, if you, even if you put a six-second ad on it, we'll get six seconds, but it's unlikely. And in fact, I put a slide up today, which I think will possibly get replayed, and that is that about 85% of ads that I looked at in the last sort of 130, 140,000 ads that we looked at sit below what I call the attention memory threshold, which means less than two and a half seconds. So if you actually think about that and about the money that was sitting on that slide, 15% of your ads get just above two and a half seconds you know this is why there's an issue with mental availability because people can't remember because it's not it's not for long enough that is astonishing 85 percent. i mean that is an enormous amount of money but 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 i think i think the problem we face because like I'm, i'm i'm also fair to feed platforms because you know below that plays a role right but what when we don't know what we're dealing with you can't build objectives around that or you can't build good creative around that you just kind of make the assumption and this is the whole point about inward facing data it tells you very little about whether a human's paid attention or not it can equally mean distraction and that's the problem with some of the models that are out there it's just a very ill-fitting band-aid yeah so effectively we're seeing that the, the, the sort of breakup of the relationship between viewing i guess that's the input is it and and, and attention which is what the the person's consuming and, and those things aren't you know, aren't connected as much as well, we think Well, it's, it's two things. So viewability is one piece of the puzzle. But, you know, I've been around the traps long enough to know and, and have presented this stuff before around that the, the viewability currency is failing us. But it's also this really interesting move towards attention metrics and how people are still without human data using metadata but in a more advanced way that still fails us because the recipe for each platform and each format is different so you can't just make the assumption that more scroll or less scrollability is better more coverage is better more time less clutter it it differs for each platform and format so it's really hard without actual human data on an ongoing basis to understand the nuances. Mm. I thought that's fascinating your presentation actually how the elasticity of attention varies yeah. doesn't it quite yeah. dramatically. So we, we started platforms. to see that in the last few months you know because because there are, there are occasional where you know a particular format for example on website A will get the same amount of active attention as another format on website B or social A and social B, yet the outcomes will differ. And what we've learned is that there's actually these boundaries that sit, it's basically standard deviation, and it sort of sits around these averages which people are using. And they are systematic, and you can predict against them. And, you know, 
it also forms the boundary for which creative can fly. So, you know, for, for Orlando's side, you know, good creative will sit at the top end of that bound, top end of that boundary. But I, it's not like you can just build it and they will come anymore. So, so talking about creative then, and maybe this is a good point to bring in Orlando. So we've got a challenge on our hands, right? It's sustaining attention, capturing attention, and we, you know, we've got the decline in, in creative effectiveness generally. So what, what on earth are we going to do? Well, you know, or maybe actually, maybe before you answer that, maybe, maybe we should start in Venice. With well, a, with if you like, why not? <laughs> yes. Well, that's where I started my presentation today. You know, I started with the opening of uh, Visconti's brilliant death in Venice, you know, with the steamship coming into Marla's Adagietto. And I showed it and I showed it because, I mean, it won a can 51 years ago. But also because something happened to Visconti, which I think helps us to understand what might be happening, in a sense, to us too. There was, he had a, very sadly, had a, a, a stroke in 1972, which affected his right hemisphere of his brain, and he was paralysed down the left-hand side. But he kept on working, and his later film, well, his last film, L'Innocente, looks very different from the beautiful scenes you see in Death in Venice. So in Death in Venice, there's movement, there's flow, there's life, you know, people. There's a connection with the broader, wider world. And there's an appreciation of subtlety of colour, movement. I mean, it's, you know, it's a really beautiful film. But afterwards, this film, L'Innocente, you know, it starts with just an abstracted hand turning the pages of a book. And then you get lots of devitalized faces this kind of stare a sequence of stares actually and a sequence of what looked like stills the people just sitting or standing a kind of stasis a kind of symmetry which is the enemy of movement so you get you get this very big change in style and i think it tells us what happens when you get this shift in the nature in a nature in the nature of our, our attention and I think something similar, you're seeing that kind of stare and various other things in advertising today too. And it's undermining its effectiveness because people, as I show in the presentation, are turned off by this kind of work, which is highly mechanistic, you know, that shows objects, things, you know, doesn't show people interacting in live time, dialogue is gone, your narrative disappears. Those things are really important for engaging emotional response, capturing attention, lodging things in long-term memory, creating that salience, you know, that's that's needed. And, you know, working with Peter, I've shown that, that when you overlay this on the IPA's database, so look at the sorts of campaigns that, that well, I suppose look at the right-brain campaigns versus left-brain campaigns. It's the right-brain campaigns that generate the profit gain, the share gain, the sales gain, and... They do it because they have much greater ability to lodge things in long-term memory. They create fame. They create salience, you know, as I say. And I think one of the charts that stood out for me in your presentation was the, the connection between right brain feature and actually attention created as well, which yeah. starts to help to answer this puzzle, doesn't it? Yeah. And I guess going back to your elasticity. Yes, and, and, uh, exactly. So yeah. we, we work with T-Vision and they monitor uh, the attention paid to an ad relative to others around it in the break as it plays out on TV. And so we looked at 200 or so ads that they'd monitored for attention in the real world that we at System One had measured for emotional response. And you, we looked at the ability, the relationship between those features and, and attention and emotion. And you see that it's the living, it's animals, it's characters doing interesting things, you know, in connection with each other, dialogue in a, 
a real place, you know, a, a relatable but unusual scene that unfolds in front of you in lived time. That's the sort of thing that captures attention, orientates our attention, mm. you know, makes us feel something, puts things into memory. Now, I know some people might be assuming that you're describing a, a cinematic advert, you know, 120 seconds long, but actually the example you used brilliantly in your presentation was actually a much shorter example, yes, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Well, you know, I, I, suppose I, I suppose I ended that sort of little section by saying that, you know, this creative dividend that you get with right brain advertising is lost on a poor attention medium you know because as karen says you know if you've if 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 you've if you've i mean i've showed this myself in my own work too we you know it corroborates that you know in a in a low attention place platform the difference between a good you know inverted commas right brain ad and a and a less good left brain ad will be very marginal Whereas, you know, if you look at the same sort of relationship on a on a high attention platform, you'll get people looking, watching. Oh, that makes longer. sense. That kind of connects what you were so showing earlier, exactly doesn't it? Exactly. Oh, I like the it. Yes. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's right. So so that's that's what we found. And then that's sort of how I ended. But then I ended, I suppose, by showing a few ads, which I think were made or conceived for pre-roll, which is one of the better performing, Karen will testify to this one of the better performing formats you know or channels and it was for geico and it's uh, wonderful ads you know the, the 15 seconds long but you know the people in the, in a in a defined space doing their jobs and then you know a wall comes across and pushes people off, you know, out the window type thing and it's very entertaining but um you know it kind of shows what can be done and it what we have to do is create work that people want to sort of are intrigued by that want to keep watching if we can but put it on high attention platforms if we're going to create salience if we're going to create that mental availability we've all been talking about and generate those business effects oh, very well said it might be a harsh question to ask you as you've just come off the stage in can but it, it may be more broadly are, are you sensing maybe start with karen actually are you sensing a change in the industry are, you know are we listening are we responding how optimistic do you feel I'm super optimistic. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. So media, I guess, is a, a part of my research. I, you know, it's 15 years. So this is the first time I've actually seen a major change in the industry. But I think it's a few reasons. I think that it's like this perfect storm of mistrust, you know, ad fraud, wastage, brands declining, COVID. Like there's this weird kind of you know, full kind of opportunity for a currency crisis. So I think people are kind of reaching out and going, that actually makes sense. And we are, you know, we, we, as an industry, we need to make change because we're wasting too much money and our brands are declining. So I'm actually quite optimistic. So from my side, you know, I, I couldn't be more excited that, you know, a new measure, if you like, or a new type of metric is actually being introduced as a supplementary layer to what we already use. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's exciting because I think if we start measuring attention, you, you only work back from there, you have to then make better work, don't you? You know, you have to understand how the work connects with people and, you know, what you talked about in terms of appealing to left and right brain. Maybe I should maybe I should go to you, Peter, as, as maybe the more pessimistic, I don't know, certainly with a track record. How are you feeling about the industry and as, as you look there, you look out? Well, I, I'm, first of all, I'm profoundly reassured by Karen's observation. I think that's great news. I mean, we are seeing the beginnings of renaissance in the data I work with. But, you know, as always, I'm 
cautious that these are blue chip markets. I mean, the downhill slope on your charts are pretty downhill and pretty consistent. They were pretty downhill, but, you know, if you look at the very latest data, which often I didn't in these charts because I'm aggregating it into solid, more reliable chunks of of years, often when you look at the very latest data, the last perhaps two periods, certainly the last period, there is a lot of, there is some upticks in in a number of them. Not enough really to start popping champagne corks, you know, because we've seen this kind of thing perhaps before, but definitely some encouraging signs. So I am guardedly optimistic, but I think, you know, there's two sides to this coin. There's the media and the creative side. I think the creative side is going to take a lot longer to fix because we've got a whole generation of digital native creatives out there who um, have kind of got to be re-schooled in many ways you know their whole background has been based on the mobile device kind of methods and we've got to we've got to get the kind of understanding that Orlando has built up to them and but also they, they've got to learn how to to use this kind of stuff and, and write better ads with it so that I think is going to be a long haul a much longer haul to do so we need to get going on that. well this is something I'm fascinated because we actually we've been testing can line winners haven't we Orlando for many years and in fact last year was a bit of a shock because the actual average was was matched our database average so whereas historically can lines have outperformed quite considerably the average on our database so Orlando how optimistic are you in the conversations you're having you talk to a lot of different people well, across the industry people are people seem very interested they're leaning in I think and you know Paul Feldwick talks about advertising is a bit like putting on a show and I think that's a really good way to think about it and with Karen's work, I think we're starting to learn the right kind of stage to put on your show. <laughs> and that's kind of, that I think what is what we've been trying to do today, the three of us, you know. And so we need to find stages that are very visible and we need to, and people, you know, can see and enjoy watching and creative that needs, you know, leaves people feeling uplifted and entertained and that's that's how you connect that's how you put things in long-term memory so i'm i'm reasonably optimistic but there's there's a lot for us to do i think yeah and we have to bear in mind that i think increasingly i sense that marketers are getting this but the performance think has been sold in above their heads i think and this is the problem so we've got to we've got to work i think to in a sense educate the, you know, the ceos the cfos and all of this that there is a different creative kind of way of thinking needs to be and and I think if we just present it as a leap back to the past that's probably not the best way of presenting it I think we need to reinvent creative for the attention generation the attention challenge and that will mean probably some new creative stars the Geico thing is a lovely example of that this is this is a fresh approach would never you couldn't have done that or you wouldn't have done it 20 years ago but it is a good example of reimagining what creativity can achieve for long-term brand building so we but we need to get that into the heads of the people who are increasingly leaning on CMOs and saying, you know, we, we need to do something more hard selling. And uh, well, I, th- I think for me, this is what makes me excited about what all three of you are doing, actually, is you're, you're connecting what you do to real business impact, right? And, you know, we've got a recession, we've got inflation, we're coming off the back of a pandemic. If ever there's a time for marketers to step up, understand how their media works, understand their creative, and actually, you know, make a change and real impact in long-term market share, it's now, isn't it? Look, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you so much, all three of you, and congratulations on this wonderful uh, talk, and uh, long may this uh, revolution continue. 
Thank you very much, John. Thank you very much, John. That was it, ladies and gentlemen, the triple bill, triple jeopardy with none other than Karen Nelson-Field, Orlando Wood and Peter Field. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you liked that, then please, please do subscribe. Just go over to wherever you get your podcasts, hit the subscribe button. Also, if you'd like to leave me a review, I love reviews, especially the five-star variety. So do go and do that. And if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at CMO, and you can find me on LinkedIn at John Evans. That's John without an H. Thanks for listening and I look forward to you joining me next time.